Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here on another terrific Tuesday for Torch Report 435. Today we will be talking about the utter peak of corruption, friends. I want to link state education to state-assisted suicide to the disgusting eugenics agenda. And I, I just, I want to ask right up front, I'm curious, do you know what percentage of young adults can actually read proficiently? Do you care to try to guess what percentage of young adults can actually read proficiently? Well, I'll spare you the suspense here, friends. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, less than four out of ten high school seniors can read at a proficient level. Friends, that is an absolute abomination. Less than four out of ten. A meager 37% of young adults can actually read at a proficient level. And you can actually see this chart for yourself. I did put a spiffy screenshot in the report today, friends. Hey, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com to check out all the goodies. But it's sad. It's very sad to me that only 37% of young adults can read at a proficient level. And I want to speculate here that things are bad and actually getting worse. I Looking at the chart from the, the uh, National Center for Education and Statistics website, their high school data was not reported. The last time they reported was 2019. Now, if you go to the grade school data, they've got 2022 in there, but they don't have any data from the high school for 2022. And the data from 2019 looks suspiciously similar to 2015. So I think that there's been some, uh, you know, some statistical manipulation in there reflected in the chart. Uh, But again, that's not really the point. The fact, if you just think about the fact that more than six out of 10 young adults fresh out of high school are not capable of reading at a proficient level. That's after 12 years of publicly funded education, mind you. You know, what are we getting in exchange for our hard-earned tax dollars? You know, well, according to the data that we're looking at here, you know, it appears that what we're getting is, a, you know, we're getting our children transformed into a bunch of illiterate imbeciles, you know, that these kids these days, <laughs> I know every, uh, anybody that's, you know, older than 20 years old has heard that, you know, these kids these days, but these kids today would rather dye their hair blue and use a litter box in the bathroom and pretend that boys can be girls and girls can be boys and slump and scoff and goof off than listen and learn and grow toward their toward, you know, toward their true potential. You know, but sure, oh my gosh, they sure can use those smartphones. Wow, they're just really good at, at video gadgets and all that kind of stuff. But the bigger picture here, friends, that I think very seldom gets talked about is that it's really the adults who are letting the kids drift away, wither away, really, really letting them get away with it. It's the piss-poor parenting that is fueling not just this educational crisis where six out of ten young adults can't even read proficiently, but it's also fueling the youth mental health crisis as well. There are more children who are depressed and committing suicide now than ever before. And everyone just wants to blame the system. But in reality, friends, this is all caused by the destabilization of the family unit, the destruction of family values that is harming 
these children. It's turning them into wards of the state. And just to be clear, I'm sure you know that this is 100% intentional. But for those who do not know, this is a strategy that comes directly from the Communist Manifesto, which reads, and I quote, The abolition of the family. Abolition of the family. Even the most radical flare up at this infamous proposal of the communists. But to this crime, we plead guilty. Period. End quote. To the abolition of the family, the communists plead guilty. So there you have it. Now, if you were to read the Communist Manifesto and learn what these commies are up to, you'd learn that the method, their methods for destroying the family unit is to destroy, this is a direct quote, quote, to destroy the most hallowed of relations by uh, replacing home education with social education. Those are direct quotes. So now if you think about what's happening in society today, uh, not only are more kids depressed and dumbed down and incapable of reading at a proficient level, fewer and fewer children have the benefit of being uh, raised in a stable, functional, traditional two-parent home. In fact, it's less than half of kids have that stable, functional, traditional home, and that percentage is falling fast. And what I'm saying here is that this is not by accidents, and the, the implications are far-reaching and very, very troubling. The state is intentionally undermining the family unit to develop greater and greater dependence upon the state. This gives them more power over the population. It also gives them more control over the population. And population control is what this is really all about. My friends, it is sick and it's a twisted ploy, but it's happening right in front of our eyes and we need to realize what is happening. We need to remember that the ruling class have declared they just don't need the majority of the human population. That's their words, not mine. They just don't need the majority of the population. So how are they going to get rid of all these useless, mouth-breathing, meat-eating peasants, hmm? Now, not only do they not need the majority of the population... On top of that, the global elites have also declared that they believe the human population is unsustainable. The human population is destroying the planet. And so their solution is twofold. First, to condition the masses to be docile, complacent serfs who happily serve the state in the name of the greater good, then because then they can get them to vote for whatever the hell they want. And then the second part of their twofold strategy is to systematically reduce the human population through any and all means possible. Never forget that in these progressives' warped minds and the collective hive, diseased collective hive mind, the ends justify the means. And that brings up a glaring example of just uh, how sick this agenda has become here. And I want to use Canada as an example here. Are you aware that Canada is offering state-assisted suicide for anyone aged 18 or over? State-assisted suicide for anyone 18 or over. Now, anyone who has a teenager, anyone who knows a teenager, just needs to set, let that sink in for a second. An 18-year-old, you know, the, the, these are young adults, right? I mean, they're not, totally not 
that not totally developed, right? They're not fully mature at age 18, just to be clear on that. But these young adults, what we know about, what we know today about the mental health crisis is that young adults are struggling terribly. You know, some 45% of young adults have received treatment for mental illness, and now the government is offering to put these young adults out of their misery. To me, friends, this is just despicable. But before we get into that, I, I want to I just ask the obvious question here. Why, oh why, oh why are so many young adults suffering so much? Why is there so much mental illness, mental health disorders, all this weird, strange behavior? And, you know, there's, there, there are many different angles you could come at that from, but I just want to come at it here today from the angle of poor education institutional indoctrination, which is actually a transformation of human consciousness and subconscious taming, but it's, it's, and then the, the third point is the destruction of the family unit. We're ripping the rug right out from under these kids and then just beating them over the head with it, really suffocating their spirit with that very same rug. Think about it like this. If a young adult cannot read then their lifetime learning is greatly reduced, right? They're going to struggle to attain any form of higher education, and that's probably going to relegate their lives to a life of hard labor. And from that hard labor comes the exhaustion that prevents them from even having enough energy to care about what the hell's going on, right? They need to eat, and they've got to go to work in the morning. So when they finally do get time off, they just want to go relax and go numb. That's just human nature. And at, at, at this point... You know, those who are stuck in that cycle, they don't realize it. You know, these young adults have essentially been groomed to be slaves to the state. And this pattern is going to persist throughout their lives. I believe this is exactly what the global elites have in mind. You know, heavy thinking is not a high priority when one is tired and tuned out. It, that, and that means, you know, that the need to read, ah, oh, come on, it just kind of seems unimportant. As long as you can understand some emojis and which way to swipe on your phone, then you don't really need to learn how to read, right? I'm just going to go out and, you know, hold out my hand and get some state uh, cradle to grave entitlements and all that kind of stuff. But that really boils down to people stuck in this loop don't realize they're stuck in the loop. You know, but damn those hard, long days of back-breaking, knee-wrecking labor, you know? And out of all that hard work, how much is taken in taxes? They never stop to ask, right? But school taxes, gas taxes, taxes on groceries, goods, and entertainment, taxes on properties and vehicles and toys, and, and soon enough, everyone's going to be able to get taxed on everything because every single transaction can be taxed in an, any arbitrary amount thanks to the imposition of global digital currency. But most people don't care. They can't read proficiently. They're too busy just trying to make ends meet. They're not really capable of, of mounting an effective opposition. Now, all of this, uh, this stuff about the global digital currency and, and global digital enslavement, friends, it's going to be sold to these young, impressionable, ignorant youths as a way to make the rich pay their fair share. My, mark my words on that. And people are going to be bribed with digital money, you know, free digital money to get your free digital ID and all that kind of stuff. But alas, I digress. We're talking about young people who are depressed and they can't read proficiently. And the current system is ultimately set up to reduce 
these young adults into willing, if unwitting, slaves to the state. They are slaves because they don't know any better and they lack the the ability to read and comprehend to know any better. You know, they don't know any better, at least partly because they've never learned to read proficiently. That's what I'm trying to say. But it's worse than that, friends, because not learning to read also directly affects physical brain development. So if you look at that chart from the... Uh, the National Center for Education Statistics, you'll see that even less, you know, less and less kids going back can read proficient for their grade level. And that means that their brains are not developing uh, to their full potential. That necessarily means there are some lifelong implications with young adults not being able to read, okay? An undeveloped or underdeveloped brain makes these young people easy prey for the state. People who cannot read are easy to scam. Thus, the government can push and pass whatever political policy jargon they want because over 60% of the population can't even read it, let alone understand it. You see the problem here? You know, if you think about this language barrier, it's absolutely astounding. And the ruling class elites they're hiding behind this shroud of ignorance and confusion, this shroud of state-conditioned ignorance and confusion. And I want to give you a perfect example of what the hell I'm talking about here. I want to turn our attention back to the uh, neighbors up north, the Canadian government's state-assisted suicide policy. Now, just to be fair, we, we do have, you know, many states in the United States do have state-assisted suicide policies. And there, there are certain circumstances where state-assisted suicide may be a good thing. But, you know, before we dive in here, I, don't forget that what one democracy does in one place, they're destined to do in another. Okay, we're working toward global democracy. And currently, the Canadian government has a nice webpage on medical assistance in dying. And they're showing people how to make a request for medical assistance in dying. And that means that the state is giving people advice on how to request state-funded suicide. In other words... The state is giving people advice on how the state can end their lives. Friends, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you know, right now, Canada is saying that anyone over the age of 18 can apply for the state to end their lives as long as they meet certain conditions. But there are some temporary exclusions right now for people who are only suffering from mental health disorders, meaning, you know, people who are not dealing with, you know, chronic illness, debilitating pain, you know, terminal illness and all that kind of stuff. If they're just a little bit crazy, they're dealing with mental illness or mental disorders, there's a temporary exclusion. But I want to emphasize temporary here because the implication is that some point in the future, someone is just going to have to be mentally unstable enough to believe that they really do want to die at the hands of the state. Oh, please take me now. And because that's the only solution to their problems is for the state to end their lives. And again, what could possibly go wrong? Friends, when you think about the current state of mental health, 
And then you start to connect the dots here that this is a temporary exclusion on people who suffer from mental illness, meaning they're going to remove that exclusion and begin to include people who suffer just from mental illnesses. So at some point in the future, they're fueling the mental health crisis and they're providing a solution is where I'm going with that. Of course, you know, the government... In all of their benevolence, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. They are making sure that they pass policies to protect people, you know. And presumably they're doing so in goodwill, right? They're, they're, they're passing policies to protect people so that poor, depressed, ignorant peasants with mental health issues don't unwittingly request an untimely demise. There, there, there needs to be some barriers here, you know. Clearly, there's going to need to be some paperwork involved. If you want to request for the state to end your life just because you have mental illness, you're going to have to fill out some forms. And that's where the inability to read and uh, effectively understand what's going on really has an impact. That's where the underdeveloped brain really comes back into play here, right? The language on the forms... And whatever state policy gets passed on killing people, it's going to look something like this eloquent little blurb here from the Canadian Justice Department, uh, the Canadian Department of Justice, okay? I think it's interesting, by the way, that the Canadian Department of Justice has a little expert panel on the medical assistance in dying, the MAID regime. And I'm not going to read the whole thing there, but the point is, you know, if you read all of the legalese and the jargon, How well do you think someone who cannot read proficiently is going to understand those words? What are the chances that someone who is depressed and mentally unstable can actually comprehend what is being said about all of these, you know, these structural vulnerabilities and the, you know, the, uh, the incurability, irreversibility, capacity of suicidality. (laughs) That's like blah, 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 right? Um. Now, as troubling as that is, that people cannot understand it, which means, you know, they can't, un- they can't consent, right? Uh, the state does have a solution for overcoming this barrier, friends. But <laughs> before I get to that, I want to point out that the bureaucrats are actually making damn sure that the state-assisted death is getting dealt out equitably. They want to make sure that all these persons have to do is request a natural death, okay? That's their words, not mine. I mean, it, regardless of a person's sex, gender, socioeconomic status, race, ethnicity, sexuality, or institutional location, or one's position in society, all they have to do is request a natural death. That's a direct quote. Their words, not mine. Natural death. And then the state will help them blissfully, you know, sleep. Uh, At that point, you know, if they just request a natural death from the state-assisted made regime, then the state will help them slip blissfully into the abyss for no reasonably foreseeable purpose other than the fact they have a mental health disorder that makes them want to die. Now, back to overcoming that barrier, you know, the paperwork involved here. How many people do you think can answer a series of rapid questions about the about incurability, irreversibility, capacity, suicidality, and the impact of structural vulnerabilities? How many people can even understand what those words mean, let alone read them off of a government form? My guess is not many if they if if sixty percent or more than sixty percent of young adults cannot read proficiently. The point is this, friends. Again, if you cannot understand something, you cannot consent. Thus, the need 
for a government-funded counselor. Now, friends, I just noticed the time here. I am going to go just a few minutes long today because this is juicy. Is it not? You know, the state-assisted, made regime to wipe out the population. I don't know. So the, 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 uh, the need for help in filling out the forms is going to require a government-funded counselor. There's a lot more in the information that I, you know, I'm not getting into the report here today, but I read a ton. So... Uh, you know, or it may be a, a state funded counselor, maybe some compassionate nonprofit, but somebody's going to come alongside these poor, depressed, ignorant peasants, and they're going to dutifully and skillfully help these poor bastards accept the state's help in killing themselves. And of course, all one has to do is, is request the state to take their lives. And then they'll have a state qualified expert there to help them fill out the forms. And once the forms are signed and, and the poor lost soul has paid their pittance to the state, then the state is primed and ready to kill. Of course, as a safeguard, um, they're going to let some people back out unless, quote, unless special circumstances apply. <laughs> Think about that precedent. You go through all the process of having a state expert help you fill out the forms for state-assisted suicide, and then you change your mind. Uh, you know, time out thinking about it again. I don't know if I want... Well, now, you're listen. You're dealing with a, a special circumstance, so you don't really have the chance to back out now. <laughs> the Canadian government understands that this is a complex issue because the state-funded assessors and providers need to be prepared and comfortable to support the made regime in terminating the lives of otherwise healthy people. Okay, those are right out of the policy there. You know, complex issue. We need assessors and providers to be prepared and comfortable to support the made regime. Their words, not mine. They need to be comfortable terminating the lives of healthy people who are, who are suffering from nothing other than a mental illness that is at least partially caused by state propaganda. You see them create the problem and provide the solution again and again and again. Friends, interestingly enough, those words come from the Honorable Minister of Health, Mr. Jean Duclos. And Mr. Jean Duclos, he <clears throat> was recently praising his liberal colleagues for taking their time to figure out how best to implement these dark and seedy practices, right? It's not like whether or not it's a good idea, but the <laughs> it's how are we going to get away with it? And as it turns out, this utterly dishonorable minister of health is actually an economist. He's not a doctor at all. He's a radical leftist. You know, he wrote his doctoral thesis back in the 90s on progress, progressivity, equity, and the take-up of state benefits. And now he's directing the take-up of state-assisted suicide, no doubt to keep the population within planetary boundaries. Friends, if you think about it from an economic standpoint... Having people sign up and pay the state to end their miserable lives is a very effective model of population reduction. And it even comes with this, this exquisite eugenicist twist in that it's only the so-called defectives and the vulnerable populations who are going to uh, line up and sign up to have their lineages wiped from the earth. Friends, it's practically eugenicist fantasies. It's very clever. <laughs> very sick, very evil, but very clever. You know, deliberately dumbing down the population so that six out of ten people can't read proficiently enough to understand that the state is setting up a regime to systematically eliminate human beings, that is disturbing. The fact that they're using weaponized AI to break people's brains and drive them insane and lead them to request that the state end their miserable lives, all under the guise of the greater good, friends, this strikes me as the epitome of evil. 
evil, and that is the peak of corruption. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, click the heart, and give me some live subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you shared this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this terrific Tuesday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.